Welcome to the Crossroads Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you. Here's today's message. Well, today we're going to be in a series that we've been in for a few weeks called Wise Up. We've been looking at King Solomon who wrote the book of Proverbs. We know King Solomon was the son of King David. And he was the wisest man that ever lived. And I don't know about you, but if I had the opportunity to sit down with the wisest man that ever lived, I would want to try to find some wisdom from that person. Well, we can't sit physically down with the wisest person that ever lived, but God being so amazing and the way that he has orchestrated his word inspired Solomon through himself to write this book called Proverbs, which is many, many pieces of wisdom. It's as if we can sit down with the wisest man that ever lived, and rather than asking him questions, we can just soak up his wisdom. I'll chase a real quick rabbit here at the very beginning of this message. I will encourage you, whenever you're sitting down with somebody that you think has value or have worth, I would encourage you to talk less and listen more. And I think that's what we have in God's Word. Rather than having a dialogue, it's just us to be able to soak up a lot of his wisdom. And to not really have to debate it, it's like, it, it is what it is. It's God's word, correct? And I find myself, there's a lot of times that when I find myself in a meeting, I don't want to do a lot of the talking. Why? Because I want to listen to the things that they are saying. I'm wanting to soak up from their wisdom. I want to gain from their skin in the game. And there is one major principle that's in the book of Proverbs that's one scripture that I'm going to share with you guys today that I believe is the greatest game-changing principle that I've ever experienced in my life. And I want you, whether you're on your phone, whether you have a tablet, or if you're like me, I'm old school, I write in my Bible, I have a pen and I have a highlighter. You say, oh, you can't write in God's Word. Yes, you can. Put those notes in there, all right? And it's, I'm telling you, if you will listen to today, this is probably the most practical message that I've ever prepared in my life. This is not about me. This is, this is what God used as the greatest catalyst in launching me in the things that I'm doing. So I want to read for you a paraphrase. Don't put the scripture up yet because this is just a paraphrase. And then I'm going to tell you where the scripture is here in a minute. But I want to kind of set the tone, all right? In the message, the message. Now, I need to do this because I'm really big on God's word. The message is a great paraphrase of God's Word, but it's not a translation. What does that mean? That means nobody took the original text, the Hebrew language, and translated it directly into our English language. It was something they took, a translation, and then they paraphrased it to make what they would say more sense. Now, I would tell you, be real careful with that. I'm a big believer that the text means exactly what the text means. But I do believe that sometimes we can look at the message, a paraphrase, and give us a little bit of a different insight into God's Word and how we can apply it. And I want to read for you this paraphrase of this scripture that I'm going to tell you to turn to in a minute that's in Proverbs chapter 21. But here's the paraphrase. Valuables are safe in a wise person's house. Fools put it all out for a yard sale. And it's one of these things that we're starting to compare the wise and the foolish. We've talked about that before Mother's Day. We were talking about this introduction of this character that's in the Proverbs, that's this fool. 
He talks about wisdom and the wise. And this is one of these, these situations, and it says, listen, catch this. A wise man understands the value of things. The fool puts it out for a yard sale. Can I give you the everyday, ordinary opportunity of what that means in Mickey's life? Because I've lived this. I have five children, five amazing children. Me and my wife have had the long nights where you're putting things together that's going to be for gifts in various situations. And we've spent the money on those things just to about eight months later that we spent $80 on a dollhouse, sell it in a yard sale for two bucks and be thankful. Like those people didn't know I would have paid you $2 if you'd have just hauled this thing off. But here's really what's happening, right? We start saying, you know what? I'm not looking at how much it's really valued. I want some money now. Even though this is worth this, I'll take less for the now. See, there's a principle that we're fixing to introduce because I think it's where a lot of us live. We are so consumed with self-gratification and getting it right now that we're devaluing some things that God has for our life and we're living under pressure, anxiety, and struggles. I mean, yard sales, we see them all around, right? Sometimes we do them just because of what? Well, we just got to clean everything out and rather than just hauling it to the dump or donating it, maybe I can get a little bit of something. But majority of the time, yard sales happen right before you're getting ready to go on a vacation, right before child's getting ready to have some sort of a club league sport, right before, you know, like it's, it's something to say, you know what, I, I just, I need a little bit of extra cash now so I'm willing to sell stuff even less than what it's actually worth just so that I can get some cash right now. And then you have amazing people, and you know these people, and I know these people, and they are amazing people, that they're professional yard sellers, right? They go around, and they drive by, and they walk up, and like say your stuff's set up, and they walk up, and they do this. Thank you very much. And they go back to their car. And you go, is my stuff junk? Because you know what they're doing, right? They're skimming to see if there's anything that's of value that they can buy for five bucks and sell it on eBay for 45. And they actually make a living off of this. And they'll come up to you and they'll say, hey, yeah, okay, great. You know, you, <laughs> I get it. This, this little tiller doesn't really work real well. I, okay, I understand. Well, well, you take $25 for it. And you're like, oh, man, just, yeah, just to get it out of here. And then they come back a year later and they're like, dude, all I do is change all that thing's great. I sold it for 150 bucks. And in those moments, what do we do? We go, oh, man, if I'd have known. Listen to me. Today I want you to know. Today I want to give you a principle that if you will apply this principle and if you will hang in there with me through the whole thing, because there's going to be one moment that if you're not careful, you're going to mentally, emotionally check out. I'm warning you. I know what's coming. Stay Connect it to the end of this message. Well, the scripture that I'm referring to, the scripture we're going to be in, where we're going today, where this, where this principle really lies, and it's not about valuing things the right way. It's, it's about how we consume things. It's in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. 
It's one scripture that even if you read this, you would just skim through it and you would never stop long enough to pause and listen to what it really means. Can I read that for you? It'll also be on the screen. It says this, Proverbs chapter 21, verse 20. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Can I read it again? Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. If you were to look at some of the other translations, it would say that a wise man stores up precious treasures and oil. Can I give you an understanding of what's going on here? This one particular scripture is talking about the aspect of the way that all of us have a major part of our body that we call a consumer. We are consumed with consuming everything that we have. A wise man stores up. He doesn't just consume all of it. And it's the concept of what we do with two main areas in our life. Time and treasure. I believe most of us run around here overstressed, under pressure when it comes to time because we've not created, here's the word I want you to catch, the principle of margin. There's no margin in our life. You've heard me joke around about this before. I've got to be at work at 8 o'clock. It takes me 30 minutes to get in the shower and get ready. It takes me 15 minutes to put on my makeup and fix my hair. It takes me another about 10 minutes just to make sure that my husband, who's incapable, has what he needs so that he can function in the day. And so after it's all said and done, oh, by the way, i got kids. i got to take care of them. So I need roughly about 50 minutes to be able to be at work on time. So therefore, I'm setting my alarm at 710. And we jump up and we start our day and we know that if every single thing happens exactly the way it's supposed to happen, I'm going to be on time. But it never happens that way, does it? I can remember when my kids were little. Man, we'd be like, man, this is, we are, we are killing it. Amy Lou, look, like we're coming out the door, like we're early. Let's go. And all of a sudden, somebody poops their pants. It's not just like, oh, do you smell that? It's one of those, like, there's something going up the kid's back. Like, what just happened? And then next thing you know, you're like, that, why? why? Why go that graphic? It helps, okay? It helps. But it's almost immediately you go from like, woohoo, I'm completely in charge. We got this. This is awesome. We can chill. We're just driving down the road. Look at the cows. Beautiful morning. Wow, look at the sunrise. Isn't this awesome? Yeah, it's great. To all of a sudden, oh my gosh, we're late. Get this. Get in the car. I don't, and just, it gets crazy, doesn't it? You know why? You have no margin in your life. You are so strung tight. You have no margin to be able to just chill and relax and enjoy it. Now, this gets personal, doesn't it? You're like, man, out of all the Sundays to come, why do we not take today off? Because this is what all of us do. It's called being an American. We are the most consuming nation in the world. Don't mishear me. I believe the greatest nation in the world. In fact, I don't know of a better way to celebrate Memorial Day next week than to also be partaking in the Lord's Supper 
and doing communion as we celebrate those that have fallen for our freedom. And we also talk about Christ who died for us as well to give us freedom. But man, we are entrenched with this consuming, aren't we? Like we string ourselves up so tight that we don't have any time. Pastor Mickey, I would love to get into God's Word. Pastor Mickey, I would love to study God's Word. I just don't have no time. You got 24 hours like everybody else, right? Like here's the one thing we know. We don't know how many days each one of the people in the room has. But we do know this. That if you complete this day, every person in this room will have the same amount of time. There's nobody that gets an extra hour. But because we don't value to the extent of what it is our time, we sell it quickly like in a yard sale to just get whatever we can get. I had to step down from a few boards here recently. Boards of things in our community that I believe wholeheartedly and as a church we will continue to support. You say, well, why did you step down? Because you're more important. I know some of the things that God has coming for this church, and I know where I need to be. And when it comes down to it, I would rather be sitting in your living room, us talking or doing what we need to do together as a church, than to be present on some board for an hour for them to tell me all the things they're going to do. Like sometimes you've got to prioritize where you're spending your time. Sometimes, can I talk to all the people that, that work on a regular basis? The reason why it's called a job is because you're supposed to leave it. If you weren't supposed to leave it, it'd be life. But because there's a clock in and a clock out, it's a job. And guess what? You're never going to have it all done. Because if you did, it's called unemployed. The reason why you still have some stuff to do is because it's a Job, it's a good thing. But yet we'll spend all of our time to come home and give our family what's left over because we have no margin. This scripture, can I read it again? It says, precious treasures and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. If you're already on such a schedule that tomorrow you don't have time to really eat lunch, you don't have time to get into God's Word, you don't have time to spend time with those that you love, you don't have time to do... I know we go through different seasons. I know there's different things. I know things happen. I know you'll be way ahead and all of a sudden, like I said, you know, all of a sudden a child has to use the restroom. You're like, oh my goodness, I wasn't planning on that. I get all those things. But if you've already set yourself up where it's already spent, then don't be surprised that at the end of the day you don't get what you want. The second area I think this shows up the biggest, and here's where some of you are going to check out, is in your treasures. Yes, that M word, money. You make $60,000 and you immediately get strapped so that your life, well, hey, we can afford that. We're making $60,000. And if everything hits perfectly right where nothing else comes up, there's no emergencies, nothing happens, nobody breaks their arm, nobody breaks their ankle, nobody happens, the car doesn't break down. Like if everything is perfect, we should be able to meet our bills. I mean, like we can make the end. There's not a whole lot of room here, but man, we should really, I mean, like, man, it should possibly meet up. 
but life doesn't roll like that. And so because of that, you live under pressure. Because of that, you live under struggles and anxiety. You live with this like, I can't miss this paycheck. I have the flu. I've got COVID. I've been shut down. My work doesn't pay me if I'm not there. Though I am on deathbed, I have to be at work because I have to have this money. You're overstrapped. You have no margin. And it's affecting everything. See, can I throw that word out here that's kind of like... Most people are extremely generous. The problem is, is they're too strapped to be generous. Like when we talk about God's word and we talk about giving, this is not a message on tithing. Do not mishear me. This is about a principle of margin. But you know what I've learned? I don't know of anybody that doesn't want to say, Lord, I want to pour it out to you. Lord, I want to do things amazing. Lord, I want to pour into you. I want to pour into your church. I want to pour into my community. Lord, I want to do all these things. The problem is you don't have any margin. And I want to tell you today, it's not your fault. You're like, really? Yes, really. In fact, for most of you, the churches you've been at in the past, it's their fault. You know, isn't it amazing how churches expect people to live on 90%, but then they budget on 110%. It's like the government, right? It's like these things aren't important. We need to, we need to be givers. We need to be generous. We need to tithe. Like we expect our people to be obedient to God and live on 90%, but as a church, when it comes budget time, well, I mean, we call it faith-based budget, right? No, well, now the church, we're living on faith. I call hogwash. In fact, can I tell you one of the principles of Crossroads Community Church that's been a huge, huge thing? Do you know our budgeting is totally different than most procedures in an organization? There's going to be a little bit of a, of a concept where you're going to look behind the curtain right now. Okay, I'm going to kind of pull the curtain back. For some of the, but I want you to understand who you are as a church. Every year when it comes time for budget, you know what we do? We take 90% of what was given the previous year, and we say that number is the absolute max of what our budget can be. 90%. So for simplicity, because I'm not an amazing math person, if we say we took in $100,000, that means next year's budget can't exceed $90,000. Why? Because we want to have margin. Do you know I never want to stand behind this pulpit and have the pressure and the stress of, oh, if we, if we don't get this tithe this week, I mean, we, we're not going to be able to pay the bills. We're not gonna, I'm going to be looking at the elders. I'm going to go into Blaine and say, Blaine, man, I don't know what we're doing here. We're going to have to, like, can, do you hire somebody? I can sell some dental stuff. Like, what do we got to do, man? Like, let's, like we, I don't ever live in that stress. There's too much pressure. In fact, it keeps you away from the vision. The vision at Crossroads is to be life-giving by helping people know God Find freedom, discover their purpose, and go make a difference. You can't do that when you're living under pressure because you have no margin in your life. And so I want to challenge you today. 
to learn the principle of margin and to apply it. In fact, at Crossroads, I'm not going to talk about you. I'm not going to talk about me. I'm going to talk about your church. We're all a part of it, right? Do you know that at your church, not only do we already have that, like it, it's a part of us, like it's, it's a part of our bylaws, like we will not, like a hundred years down the road, if God does not come back first, Crossroads Community Church will always have this principle that the budget cannot exceed 90% of the previous year's taking in. But the other thing that will always be there is, guess what? The church is going to tithe just like you tithe. Do you know that 10% of every dollar that you give goes back into this community? One out of every $10. We set it aside in what's called the Crossroads Community Account. You say, why? So we can have margin. Listen to me. Here's what I want you to catch. This is summing it all up. The reason why you want to create margin in your life when it comes to your time and to your treasures is because it's not about building a savings account. It's not about financially rich. It's not about being wealthy. It's about being wise. And here's the biggest purpose. Because when you have margin in your life, you know what it gives you the ability to do? gives you the ability to say yes to amazing opportunities. I think for most people, we have God come across our lives and we go, man, I would love to do that. I just can't. Let me tell you what John Maxwell said. Probably one of the gurus of leadership. He made this statement. When opportunity knocks... It's too late to prepare. When opportunity knocks, it's too late to prepare. You say, Mickey, why in the world are you talking about this today? Well, because I want us to wise up. I believe in the near future, there's a major opportunity coming. You know how our elders are so easily to be able to turn around and say, hey, we need to maybe look at another full-time staff position. We're going to be hiring a full-time student pastor with full benefits. Man, we didn't budget for that. How's that going to happen? Because it's already there. we got margin. Hope, hope for one. Has some foster kids. They need clothes. It's already there. Isaiah 117. We'd like to build a house so people have a holy. We need to raise $60,000. Hey, we got that. We don't have all of it, but, man, we, we, we can give you, you know, we got quite a bit. Hurricane, tornado, whatever, disaster comes through. Oh, my goodness, what are we going to do? Opportunity, we already got it. We can say yes. Why? Because we got margin. And can I say it as simply as I can? If it works for God's bride, his corporate church, why would it not work for you? I promise you, if you will take this message, if you will listen to these words that simply say, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. He eats all of it. As much as he can have. 
If I've got a 40-ounce steak, I want to eat all 40 ounces. Why not save a little bit for later? Why don't you save a little bit in case if something was to come up? To be honest with you, our government has tried to take a very consumer-driven culture, and they've tried to give you some stimulus so that you can save it for a rainy day. I always knew when the stimulus checks had come out, why? Because everybody's leaving Walmart with huge TVs, and they're strapping them on top of a car that looks like it's about to fall apart. I can say that because I drive the black bomber. And I'm going, where's your margin? But we just keep on going, don't we? And we wonder why we can't be doing the things that we want to do. We wonder why when opportunity knocks, we say, oh, no, I can't do that. When somebody calls and says, hey, got an opportunity to go to the beach. Would your family like to go on a vacation? Man, it's got, oh, we can't, uh, we we don't ever do vacations. We have no margin. I'm devouring everything I've got. You know what Scripture says? Several things that it says, but the thing I want you to focus on the most. Matthew chapter 16, verse 25, is where the biggest part of this principle shows up when it comes to margin. You've heard it put this way. Whoever holds on to his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will gain it. Church, listen to me. Stop being a consumer. Like if somebody comes up to you and says, oh man, I've heard about Crossroads. What do they have to offer me? Tell them, we can offer you a ride to any other church in this area that'll be great at helping you meet that consumer mentality. The question is, what do you want to do to plug in to be life-giving in your community and to be a part of this church? Like, what if we weren't consuming God's church and what it can do for us, but what if we were actually being God's church and pouring into it? Well, I can tell you what's going to happen. I've already been watching it. It's exactly what you see around this room. But I want to push you with God's word in an area that for a lot of you that know me know how difficult today is for me because I don't approach this subject matter most, a lot. But it's one of those things that I want you to know that when you create margin in your life, there's one main thing that I want you to grasp. God honors it. You see, Mickey, I'm so strapped, I, I, can't, I can't create margin. Start with something. You know the reason why we want you to, to be generous? Not because anything that we need, it's because what you need. You need to know where it comes from. You need to know who's ultimately in charge. You need to know what it's like to have margin in your life. You need to learn what it's like to be no, not to be so self-consumed that you think that everything you get is for your pleasure. That's what the fool does. 
Man, look, I'm, I'm getting all this stuff for me. This is great. More for me. Man, this is a, it's more for me. And God's up there going, oh, <laughs> I, I, I'm not opening the floodgates anymore. But when you leverage yourself with margin, you say, man, the more that comes, that's just more that, that not only has God blessed me with, but the more I can bless others. God says where your treasure is, there your heart will end up being also. So can we pray? And can I ask you to truly think about where your life sits and how strapped are you? How stressed are you when the 30th of the month hits and you know that all the bills are fixing to start all over again? How strapped are you when it's getting closer to April the 15th and you go, oh my goodness, I, here comes those tax things. How strapped or relieved are you when you're filing so early? Because, man, if I can get this money in a little bit early, man, I already know I, I can start buying this. What are you doing to take the pressure off of your life? Now, we have an amazing group of 20-somethings. But can I talk to all the 20-somethings from a 40-something-year-old on behalf of everybody that's older than 46? I promise. Students, look at me. You're like, oh, I don't even have a job right now. This principle is good to learn early. I promise if you'll put margin in your life, you'll go and do things you never thought possible. And if you'll honor God with your time and your treasure, not just putting margin in your life, but also being obedient to God and being generous back to God and giving to God what he asks for in obedience, if you'll do that with your time and with your treasure, even though you only have 24 hours, there'll be so much more that happens in a day. Even though you're only living on 90% of your income, you'll have more money than you had when you were living on 100%. You say, Mickey, how is that possible? I have no idea. (laughs) It's the craziest thing. I don't know. You say, is that why you do it? No. God's not my Edward Jones investor. I'm not sitting there going, man, this is great. I give him 10%. He gives me back 50%. This is great, man. God, we got it. That's not what it's about. It's about the heart and about the concept of creating margin So that when God sends you an amazing opportunity, you're already ready to say yes. I think in the near future, we're going to have people that come up and they say, you know, God's given me the opportunity to go to whatever place in the world for a few months. But it's going to cost me several thousands of dollars. But Pastor Mickey, you know what? You remember back there in May of 2021, you know, I actually started doing what God's Word said. I was obedient. And I started creating margin. And I started learning what contentment looked like. And I started being wise. And rather than consuming everything that I had, I started setting some stuff up like a wise man would. Not to create a savings account 
but to be able to name those extra dollars, right? Like that's what we do here. We don't do this to create a savings account. We do it to create margins so that when opportunity knocks, we say yes. Hey, we need an office space. Yes. Hey, we're going to need land. Yes. Hey, one day we're going to have a building. Yes. Hey, you want to go on a mission trip. Yes. My kid needs to do something for sports. Yes. My kid has band. Yes. Why do you say yes to everything? Because we can. Wouldn't you? Did you say, Mickey, it's been a long time since I said yes. When you're having a hard time sleeping, when you're stressed out, when you're trying to get to another raise. Church, apply this principle. If you were encouraged by today's podcast and would like to hear more messages, visit us at crossroadscommunitychurch.com.